0: Can you see Ellie? I
1: I, sure I can see Ellie. You see like half of her face. No, I see all of her face and her cute little arm (laughs) waving at me.
0: (laughs) And one boob. And one boob. And a boob. It's the party boob, though, so you're good.
2: (laughs) I
1: see the party boob.
0: (laughs) Warning, this podcast contains topics and discussion that is not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
2: Welcome to the e Talk Podcast with Michael and Ellie, where we discuss everything ethical non-monogamy and have intimate conversations with real people from the e and lifestyle.
0: On this podcast, we'll talk about current events and topics that people who practice ethical non-monogamy can relate to.
2: Our show is not about lifestyle gossip. In fact, the names have been changed to protect
0: the not-so-innocent. Would you like to be a guest on our show? We want
2: to hear your story. Ha, <laughs> ha,
0: Okay, here we go. Episode seven.
2: Yes, seven. Is that right?
0: Seven? Yes. Yeah. Lucky number seven. And and speaking of lucky number seven, we have Karen again. Yes. <laughs> we love Karen. <laughs> You're kind of becoming a regular fixture. Karen, Karen, are you okay?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thought we lost you.
1: <laughs> no, I just giggled a little.
0: <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, so we decided that we were going to kind of one of the things we want to do with the podcast is kind of introduce the people that kind of make things happen. Yes. So uh, you and know, you
2: are a mover and a shaker. Definitely and a magazine. are one <laughs> of you. the
0: have become <laughs> have become one of the the big people in the magazine. Big people. Yeah, that's not I don't, uh, mover really mover and shaker. We're yeah. gonna go with that. Yeah. <laughs> you're the you're the person that gets things done and does them really 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 well
1: thank you thank you so much
0: um so uh where do we start uh i, I kind of want to touch briefly on how i met you okay um <laughs> so so this was uh pre-covid days of course and uh, or the kind of leading up to COVID days. And uh, I'm literally like I have profiles on uh, OKCupid okay and Facebook dating and Tinder, Everything. all of the things.
2: Hoping that one person will message right. you. Right. Cast a wide net. <laughs>
0: and uh, hey, that's how this guy's got to do it. I know. It's it's ridiculous. But anyway, uh, and I connected with someone. What? Which one was it? Was it on? Oh, was it on? Okay, Cupid. Was it OK Cupid or Tinder?
1: No,
2: OK, okay
0: Cupid. OK Cupid, and yeah. uh, turns out that Karen had apparently heard of me through a mutual friend, and yeah. so we started talking and talking about. Uh, what she was doing with her life and you know kind of what all this stuff and we eventually ended up talking about the magazine and that she was a writer and that she would love to write for the magazine and i have never before recruited somebody for the magazine from a dating site anyway uh, that's how i met karen tortora lee uh, and the more we talked about her experiences writing and her energy and enthusiasm for what it was that we were doing, I was like, "I have to get this person involved, and so that's kind of what I want to do tonight is I want to introduce the you that I know the 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 who you are to the listeners and to the readers of e n m magazine because you're so much more than just a name on a piece of paper. It is your your writing talent. We are so incredibly lucky to have we you. We are so lucky. And, uh, and your articles
2: aren't about you, so no one gets to hear about you. They, they just see your amazing writing. Right. They hear
0: your <laughs> voice, but they they don't actually know who Karen Tortora Lee is. And so I want to do that. Can we do that?
1: Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, uh, what I want to start out with I mean, you have this almost a lifetime of being around publications and magazines and websites, and you have done a laundry list of writing. Yep. Uh, sure or 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 somehow or another worked around different things. I mean, we're talking we're talking Time Magazine. We're talking uh what was it? What, tell, let's start out at the beginning. Tell us about talk to, tell us the story about the sports magazine where you started.
1: Okay. So, I was in my 20s, in my early 20s, and I was a theater kid growing up, you know, all theater all the time. Acting, doing stuff like that. I did not know one thing about sports, um, but I interviewed for a a position at Sport Magazine. It wasn't a writing position. It was an advertising assistant position. And I got to Sport Magazine, and (laughs) I had no idea (laughs) what I was doing there. So I was flipping through the magazine one day. I got the job, and I saw hockey featured in the magazine and I turned to my co-worker and I said, is hockey a professional sport? <laughs> she said me, That's awesome. She said, I, she was like, shut up, don't let anyone hear you say that. <laughs> but I seriously, I didn't know, I had never heard, I was like, "Do does hockey do things? Like there's an <laughs> NBA for hockey and... Uh, to this day I'm really not sure.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: I remember when when we were first talking about this and I and I uh, I, I asked if you guys like football because football was still going at that time. And really? I asked if you guys like football and you're like like no.
1: <laughs> no. I have to be reminded every year about the um
0: the Super Bowl and the Super- <laughs> that's what we were talking about. We were was gonna invite you to the Super called? Bowl, our Super Bowl party. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you tell me you work for a sports magazine I'm like that ah, doesn't sound legit <laughs> <laughs> Uh so well,
1: considering i got fired a year later
0: <laughs> they finally figured out you didn't know shit about sports yeah, is that they, what it was
1: <laughs> they, they knew
0: <laughs> your charms no longer worked on them that's what it was i know <laughs>
1: but
2: silly right silly here. boys
0: so from there where did you go i mean you so you went for you started out in a sports magazine and then
2: right
1: i did, well, I did a lot of temping, and I actually did um, some script consulting for a uh, – have you heard of the um, the movie Next Stop Wonderland?
0: I don't think I have.
1: Oh, well, it's a really cute movie, Next Stop Wonderland. It was a little Boston – um, what do you call those things? Movie. <laughs> it was, a, little, it a, was a movie out of Boston. So like a little indie movie? movie. A little indie movie, and then it got picked up by the Weinsteins, which Uh. at the time was a big deal, and it was made into a bigger film. But that production company, I worked for them for a number of years, and I was a script consultant, which was a lot of fun. What I would do is the scripts would come in, and I would read them, and I would do summaries of the scripts and, and let them know what, you know, Instead of so that they didn't have to read a 200 page script, they would just read a two page synopsis that I would write up. So I got really good at rewriting scripts um, and letting them know what really shined about the script, what I thought was really bad about the script. So I was doing a lot of um, not just not just rewriting them, but critiquing them as well. Mm -hmm. And so they would it was kind of important. They would take my word for it and they would uh, bring everything that I said and they would go to the higher ups and be like, Karen thinks this is a good script. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: You know what I'm thinking right now is I think that was probably the building blocks for why it is that you are such a great interview writer, because that's essentially Mm -hmm. the same thing. You're you're taking this dialogue and you're summarizing it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you have such a talent for that it's i mean i've 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 i do it too and so i can appreciate how how difficult that that can be to do and you do such an amazing job oh, um, thank you i think it's important to note at this point that uh karen is from uh the east coast new york right new
1: york yeah, like you, you, <laughs> you, grew, new Yorker. you.
0: you grew up in new york city
1: Grew up in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn.
0: (laughs) Brooklyn, born and raised. Uh, Yeah, that's right. So, because that kind of is an important part that into the the next step in your writing history, where you um, moved into theater, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And and where did where how did you how in the world did you break into that world in New York of all places?
1: Well, <laughs> I was writing, I had my own blog just for myself, okay. you know, who doesn't, right? So I was writing, I was going to a lot of theater, and I was just writing up little synopses for myself, you know, what I thought of everything. And a woman approached me, she was working with this blog that had a pretty decent circulation, it was called Neighborly Blog. And she said, we're looking for a theater critic. And we really think that you could do it. And I was like, I can't, I can't do something like that. Like I took it really seriously. I right. thought that's a, it's a big deal.
0: Right. It is a big deal.
2: Right.
1: It so cri- is a big deal. Can make or break things. <laughs> <laughs> they can. Um, but she's like, you're doing it anyway. You're just doing it for a very small audience. So we think you should come on board and do it for us. So I started, and I'll never forget my very first week. I got. She told me, you know, we do off-off-Broadway and off-Broadway, so we very rarely get Broadway tickets, but, and I was like, I don't care, you know, theater's theater, but my very first show was a Broadway show, and it was um, American Buffalo with John Leguizamo and um, Haley Joel Osment. Nice. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good, and I was sitting there in the, in the PR section with all the other PR people, you know, all the other critics writing their notes. I didn't know what to do. I brought a notebook. I was like, Am I supposed to be writing? What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to pay attention? <laughs> I was very, very scared that first time and then, but I wrote the review and my, I got pull quotes and everything. And and it was very exciting to see my quotes next to, you know, quotes from the New York Times and other, other big, big, important people. So um, I felt like I'd arrived. How how exciting.
0: How much fun would that be? Very exciting. So now tell me what's, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no. So I, so I did that for a number of months And then I actually became their editor and started being in charge of the whole shebang and being in charge of their political section and their sports. I know.
0: Sports again.
1: Sports again. I didn't have to write it. But their lifestyle section and um, just really talking to all the different writers and trying to find a way of, of getting a cohesive voice for the blog so that we could get more readership and then after a while I thought why am I doing this for someone else when I could be doing this for myself and that's when I started The Happiest Medium and that was primarily a theater site and that was nothing but theater and I was the editor-in-chief of that and did a lot of reviewing. I think I reviewed 400 or something shows in seven years. Yeah. It sounds like not that much, but uh, in seven years, it's, it's a lot of shows. Oh no, that
2: sounds sounds like a lot.
1: Yeah. 400 (laughs) spread out. I mean, you
0: you think about, you think about, I mean, we do 12 issues a, a year and one article a year. That's like, that would be like the equivalent of three articles a year. Right? Is my it, math about right?
2: Well, yeah, because well, cause a, a month.
0: I mean, a month, a month, not a, a month.
2: year. It's it's over 50, What seven hundred? I don't know. It's a lot of shows a year. That's too much
1: it math. On, it is too, That's much, too much math. math <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot, but on top of that, that is when I started interviewing people um, because a lot of people would have shows and we couldn't get out there to review them. But we wanted to give them press, and they had a lot of people that were really willing to be interviewed, and I realized I liked talking to people, and I liked hearing what they had to say, and they really opened up to me. So we started interviewing, and I had the special editor's interview. I I did a lot of Q&A, too, but that was just, you know, that was the easy part, but I would do editor's interviews and that. That's when it really got going. So
0: So I'm curious about something. Uh, What is the difference? I mean, you talked about off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway. So from a complete noob that has no idea what that means, tell me what that means.
1: Well, production value, first of all. Mm -hmm. Um, Second of all, it does have to do with where it is. If you're on Broadway, you're on Broadway. Like you're in a you Broadway know,
0: theater somewhere.
1: You're in a Broadway theater, exactly. Okay. So that's pretty Broadway.
0: That's like big um, time. That's off, like that's like that's like A grade movies.
1: Exactly. Like
0: like headline movies.
1: Right. Okay. Got it. Blockbusters and such. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you are off, off Broadway is a little more nebulous because off Broadway could be um, anywhere from. It, it also has to do with production values. You can have some pretty big stars in there. You can have some pretty big production values. It's really great sound design. But off-off Broadway can be anywhere. It can be in a black box theater. It could be in someone's home. It could be in a church basement. It's it's as off-off as they come. It could be in um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. You know it doesn't have to be in manhattan mm-hmm. and of course it could be in chicago
0: <laughs> right.
1: it doesn't have to be in new york city at all
0: right so. okay so that makes that makes sense to me so this okay. would be a good place to slip and s- slept to slip. i need another drink <laughs> this would be a good place to slip into a break yes and Indeed. so we will be back right after this <laughs> hey
2: hmm? whose boobs are those <laughs> what are you doing over here uh,
0: i'm just over here getting my profile filled out on saf social
2: Ooh, and what is saf social
0: saf social is a new social network for lifestyle people it's super cool it works a lot like facebook as far as posts and feeds and pages and stuff and people can share sexy photos on a site that is hidden from prying eyes
2: Mm, like that, and that looks sexy and fun. Can anyone join? I mean, can I make my own profile?
0: Yeah, and the best part is it's totally free. Just go to safsocial.com and register. I can't wait to see your new sexy profile. Oh, and be sure to follow the ENM magazine page while you're there. Uh,
2: I'm gonna go register right now.
0: okay we are back here we go with page two <laughs> <Or something. laughs> so we're here with karen Tortorelli, lee uh columnist for enm magazine has been with us for a few months now and um yeah. uh yeah mover and shaker in the in the magazine all that stuff we about the previous part exactly (laughs) uh so we when we went to break you were talking about your experiences with your with your own magazine but you didn't mention the name of it were you are you not wanting to mention the name of it
1: oh the happiest medium it was a blog yeah yeah the happiest medium and i'm very proud of it and it's not relative to any relevant anymore because off off broadway shows are on around you know for three weeks and then they're off so
0: and they don't ever no one would want come to come back it. or anything like that they don't but come back yeah. you, you've got a couple of good things on there that are that are worth going up and checking out
1: not on the happiest medium i don't
0: know no isn't that where no. your interview with uh cooper beckett is no it's not it's not where's that no. where did i read that at
1: that's on friction non-friction oh, friction
0: now so all right so let's 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 move on. Let's talk about okay. where did you go from the happiest medium and doing your theater reviews and all that sort of thing?
1: Well, I um I got really sick and wanted to change tracks with my life. Mm-hmm. And I got a little sick of oh, sort of going out and, and um, I don't know how to explain this sort of phrasing other people's work constantly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was like, what am I doing with my life? This isn't really all that exciting. I'm oh. just another voice in uh, a miasma of voices. You know, they don't need my, my uh, c- critical role anymore. So I decided I would start a website called Friction on Friction, which was going to be very similar, actually, to your magazine, only I didn't do anything with it. Certainly not as much as you've done with your magazine. Um, I wanted it to be a website about sex and sexuality, body positivity, um, the BDSM community, which I know is different than yours, but BDSM community, and just all kinds of lifestyles where people could express openly how they feel, what they're doing, um, not feel marginalized, have a place where that they could go and and express their their views on things. Um, So that's, I got started with that. um, And that's where I interviewed. Cooper
0: Beckett. Ah, gotcha. Okay. He
1: was, he was very excited about the project at the time, and we did a wonderful interview. That it is very no... good. Your,
0: your story is yeah. really great on him. I. Uh, it really, it was the thing that you pointed me to when I was, when we were talking about you writing for us, and it was right. I, like, I, I got, I think I got like four paragraphs in, and I'm like, sold, done. Let's do this. <laughs> you <know>? I remember
2: <laughs> coming home and him telling me, oh my god,
0: She's gonna write. She's gonna write for writer. us, and I'm
2: like, "She? Who's gonna write for us?" Like, he's, <laughs> he's like, "That that girl I've been talking to. She's gonna write for us." I'm like, "Okay." And he's like, "No, you don't understand.
0: She's, she's a good. writer." <laughs> <laughs> and so I mean, and and so really, it just almost seems like like. We have been on a collision course since then. Like, like you had yeah. this, you had this trajectory that was just kind of like bringing you to us. We just didn't have the geographical connection yet. And right. absolutely. But absolutely. at some point here, though, you worked at Time Magazine.
1: I sure did, according to for my seven years, according
0: to your resume here that I'm looking at. <laughs> Uh,
1: I worked at time magazine for seven years. I did not work in anything um, creative whatsoever. I worked creatively adjacent. I worked in the um, finance department, but I worked in the edit finance department, which means we dealt with all of the photographers and we dealt with all of the writers um, and all of the artists who did the covers. But sometimes that was enough. You know, sometimes that was, oh, they had some, when you work at Time Magazine, your life revolves around what's going on every day. And it was really, um, so for instance, when nine eleven happened, our lives were nine eleven centric for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it didn't matter whether you were in the editorial department or not. you know you were just knee deep in it constantly right. and uh,
0: couldn't get like away
1: but couldn't get away from couldn't it. get away no. from it, yeah no, because the news is your life, right um. Cause you're just dealing with all the, all of the people. Cause we had people out on assignment and, and we had all the photography coming in and
2: things like that. But um, seems like it would they, be very um, heavy sometimes.
1: It was heavy all the time. It was constantly, um, you know, like when JFK Jr.'s plane went down, right. it, it was, it was just always, you were always in some sort of state of, and then there were times where you just turned it off. Yeah. You know, you just sort of had to turn it off because it was like not another thing. I'm just not going yeah. to get caught up in another thing.
0: Can you imagine but what it would um, be like there now?
1: I'm I'm curious. I don't have any friends there anymore. For a long time I had, you know, there was always like that one or two, those one or two friends who were still working there. we check back in and see what was going on. But uh, yeah, no, I can't imagine what it's like working there right now in the middle of all this.
2: Yeah, that would be very intense.
0: <laughs> so now, but you, but I think you told me that you had yes. an article published in, in, in a time magazine.
2: Right. There was time
1: magazine used to do these quarterly. Um, they used to try out other publications because um, one of the ways that they would. So time magazine was the flagship magazine. And then all the other magazines of timing, such as Sports Illustrated and People and um, name some other great ones. I I can't name them right now. But Sports Illustrated and People, those are good enough. Okay. Um, Entertainment Weekly, right? Those all started as little sections of Time magazine at some point and got so popular that they started their own offshoot magazine. Oh, cool. So every now and then Time would would, – would do a quarterly magazine of a section to see okay do we think that we could branch off with this type of magazine do we think that there's a uh, an audience for it I was working there in 2000 yes two th- two, not the 2000s <laughs> but, you know 2000 1999 2000 a long time ago <laughs> And computers were not as big as they are now. And so they actually had um, a quarterly magazine called Time Digital. And uh, the, the whole magazine was about computers and how you could uh, learn about the Internet. <laughs> 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 it's very funny now if you think about it. Oh, that's so 20 years ago. It's so 20 years. Um, ago. <laughs> <laughs> so 20 years. <laughs> but, um, I wound up buying my Volkswagen Beetle. It was a limited edition vapor blue Volkswagen Beetle. And there was like this gimmick that the only way you could buy it was online. It was, they only were making 2,000 of them. And the only way you could do it was if you got online, you, you, um, what's that word called when you put in all your little bells and whistles,
2: you special ordered um, it and customized it, but, but
1: customized it. Exactly. So you had to customize it online and then you had to take your paper <laughs> to take your paperwork to the dealership and be like, here, here I am. And you had to do it before a certain time before they ran out of cars. There were only 2000. So in, in, in the whole world, So I did this, and that day, the I love you virus struck. Um, You're not going to remember this, but I remember it because I wrote an article about it. (laughs) (laughs) It was this virus that struck that if you did anything online, it corrupted your computer and it said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. So I just thought it was really funny that I couldn't complete the... um, the customization of my car and bring it into the shop because the, I love you bug had struck, you know, and like, like Herbie, the love bug, Mm -hmm. Volkswagen beetle, you know, I tied it all together, really cute with a little bow and, um, and wrote this thousand word article and I got paid, I think $2,000 for it. Wow. I can't
0: afford afford you. (laughs) $2,000. Oh my God.
1: I think they were paying like two two or three dollars a word, something like that. And, huh. uh, <laughs> wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I got it published and um, I was very proud. And my friends actually gave me, I still have it to this day. I have a framed copy of the cover and then my article. And um, the funny thing is people didn't know me as a writer at all. They all <laughs> knew me as a finance person. And so, uh people were getting the magazine and flipping open to it. And it just so happened, luckily enough, one of those stupid cards was in the magazine. You know, those cards that when you flip open the magazine, it opens up to that spot and and it falls out and it falls out. Exactly. Or sometimes it's stapled and it doesn't fall out. Uh It was one of those, one of those where it, it, and that's where my article was. So the minute you flipped open the magazine, it flipped right open to my article.
2: (laughs) that's
1: Funny. awesome
0: <laughs> so did you ever get the car did you did you not get the car no
1: yeah oh I had the car for years I had the car until my husband totaled it <laughs> oh, no. oh no I know oh, no. I know my beautiful car <laughs> cross country yeah no because I, I mean, had it until five years ago so
2: nice because I know I love my
0: love bug
1: <laughs> I know I know
0: so then, so then, then we start the trajectory across the country and this is kind that's of a right. bit of an interesting story too. Is it? I, it is. I mean, <laughs> I, to me, I think it's, I mean, I don't know that you need to go into the nuts and bolts of behind it because some of that's a little bit tragic and that sort of thing. But, yeah. but I mean, just the fact that you, one day you just said, fuck it, I'm going to Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Like, from new york everything. from new york you loaded everything up in your car and just headed west
1: yeah headed west for 2 months we drove here we stopped everywhere along the way that we wanted to we um biggest no. ball of twine you know
0: <laughs> i was going to say name all the places because i, I if i remember this story tell it again
1: no there was one day my favorite day is the day that we went to Dallas and at the same, on the same day we went to South Fork, which was um, where they filmed Dallas, not a hundred percent, but they filmed some of Dallas on the South Fork ranch.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then we also went to the John F. Kennedy Memorial museum. And I thought where else, but America can you go (laughs) to like the biggest, kitschiest ranch and see where, you know, the biggest 80s television show was filmed. And then half a day later, be at the most solemn, most impressive museum with tears streaming down your face, um, reliving this historical moment in time. It was just amazing. Um, So that was one of my favorite days to think about. But we saw everything. We, We went through the South um, and up through New Mexico, and then over into um, I guess we hit the Four Corners, and then we went to Idaho, and then came into here.
0: Did you? I, so I'm curious, though. I mean, did you did you buy a map when you headed west? I mean,
1: um, no. Like no. We, well, we went on Google, yeah. you know, and we sort of. We we tracked a little bit, but we didn't yeah. track too much. We knew we weren't going high up. We knew we were going southern the whole way.
0: I just because it's like New York to Portland via Dallas.
2: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> a nice big U. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
0: I'm teasing.
1: We went far down. We went we went really really far down, but
2: but how exciting just yeah. to. Hit all the spots you wanted to hit all the way across and take your time. So
1: amazing. And that was the only time, I'm not a fan of Facebook whatsoever, but that was the only time in my life that I was on Facebook almost every hour because we were posting pictures and we were, it was like, you know, where's Karen now? And and friends were following us and they were like, where are you going? Where are you going? And we wouldn't tell anybody. And we had some like <laughs> jealous people who were like, when are you settling down?
0: <laughs> <laughs> where are you going to end up? <laughs>
1: but there was this funny moment too. We were in, um, we were in New Mexico and we were in Taos, which is this, a small little town which has been made popular because of all the artwork all the art installations that are there but it really runs on its own time there's no rhyme or reasons of the whole place there and um they have the paisano hotel because they filmed um gee some sort of big movie that had elizabeth taylor rog hudson um mm, who's the guy who killed him he didn't kill himself he um Oh gosh, Rebel Without a Cause.
2: Ah yes. Um,
0: movies. Movies mean? are not my strong suit. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He's um.
1: Well, anyway, he was in it too, and you could stay at the Paisano Hotel, and it was beautiful. It was like this little oasis in the middle of this kind of empty town, and they sold. Ta- um, hotel key rings. And you can put them on your house keys. And they said Elizabeth Taylor or Rock Hudson or this guy that I can't remember.
0: <laughs> All right, hang on a second. Sure. I'm going to Google. What was the name of the movie? Or Rebel that's a- Without a Cause. Rebel Without a Cause. One of them. Because do, 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 it'll tell me. Uh, IMDb, Rebel Without a Cause, 1955, had actors, James Dean.
1: James Dean, that's
0: it. James Dean, Natalie Wood, is this the right one? Oh, they're uh, yes. Rochelle? It, it,
1: it, yeah, th- that wasn't the movie, though.
0: Oh, okay, but James Dean is the person you're looking for. Ja-
1: yeah, James Dean is
0: the person Got it. I'm looking for. Okay, James Dean, we figured that out.
1: James Dean? <laughs> so it was James Dean, and... um. So you could go to the gift shop and you could get these keychains and they had the name either Rog Hudson or James Dean or Elizabeth Taylor. So I got Elizabeth Taylor and Stephen got Rog Hudson. And she takes she takes them out of the bag and she looks at me and she said, Would you like these wrapped up or would you like me to put these on your house keys? And I looked at her and I said, I don't have house keys. <laughs> And she said, "What do you mean you don't have house keys?" And you know, I looked at Stephen and I said, "We we don't have a house. We don't we don't have a home." <laughs> The first time i realized that you know we weren't homeless we weren't you know but we didn't have a home we were just living from hotel to hotel until we got here to portland and it was just the oddest thing to to look at someone and say we don't have a home and she just was like all right whatever i'll put them in a bag <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, such a fun adventure i'm envious yeah. That that would have been that would have been a lot of fun to do. Uh, to be able to just, just travel without a care, without a you know, just I'm gonna stop at this place today and you don't know where I'm gonna stop tomorrow, just wherever looks good and just yeah. slowly make your way around the country. I mean I I was a truck driver in another life for many, many right. years. But when you do that, you drive by places, but you don't ever really actually get to see them. You don't get to stop. Right. And, you know, It's pretty rare that you end up where you want to be, where you want to spend some time. So, um, so it's, I'm a little envious that you got to see some of those places and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of cool.
2: Me too, but yeah. that's just because i would never been anywhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, and that's why we
1: took two months to do it. We took our whole time because we had nothing waiting for us at all. And we said we will never get a chance to do this again. And so far, we never have. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> but how exciting and at the same time terrifying to pull up your roots and just start driving across the country knowing. I mean, you knew you wanted to end up in Portland, right? Right. And and what was the draw for you to 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 take you thousands of miles across the country to end up in Portland? What was it about being in Portland that appealed to you?
1: Well, it's not like we didn't know where we were going. We came here a couple of times. We came here twice specifically, though, as if we were moving here. We didn't come here on vacation. Mm-hmm. We we said, well, what if we decided to move to Portland? And I think, you know, if I told you the truth, you would just, uh, you'd roll your eyes at me. I once saw a cartoon that said Brooklyn and Portland are the same place. And the only thing that Brooklyn has that Portland doesn't have is Maggie Gyllenhaal. (laughs) And I, I, Thought, well, if Brooklyn and Portland are the same place and I'm getting so tired of Brooklyn, maybe we should go to Portland um, and just refresh because I like Brooklyn. I didn't want to leave Brooklyn. So I thought, well, if it's got all the same things, let's see. And so when we came here to look around, I was like, wow, it really is like Brooklyn, only so much better. Yeah. <laughs> <And so, laughs> after the second trip we were like definitely going to move here and then in the strangest way imaginable we were taking the train to work together in the morning and we bumped into Maggie Gyllenhaal in Portland and no 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 in New York City oh in New York City City. City. okay yeah right before we were right before we were moving we bumped into Maggie Gyllenhaal and I was like see now we've seen her (laughs) (laughs) you've done it all you're ready (laughs) to go
0: (laughs) Your New York life is complete. Yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> but
1: I think that's what it was. I think it was so much like Brooklyn, only so much better. I just liked the the people and the uniqueness and the warmthness. And I, I liked that I could be myself. I, was, I had a lot of hard edges in New York. I had a lot of um, sadness and anger in New York that just wouldn't wash away. Mm-hmm. And then I came here and I could you know, smile at the grocer and I could have conversations with the checkout girl. And, you know, I don't, I can't explain it. It, I could be myself. So,
0: right. And, and then also you've kind of found your community. I mean, you've, um, you, of course you joined our team and, uh, you're, you're back to doing that, uh, friction, non-friction thing. And right. um, joining forces with us to create that entity that to help create that entity that you that inspired you back then that you were Absolutely. doing and uh, I love the fact that our our visions seem to be very intertwined in a lot yeah. of what we're doing and yeah. and that we're able to pull it together and do it together and and you know that's that's the thing you know we had a conversation about this at one point like uh something like ENM magazine is not something that one person can do like right i i have all of the jobs all the many different hats that i wear but there's no way in the world that i could do this without people like you without you know the other writers that we have on the team and and that sort of thing like it really it literally takes a team of people pulling together to make this happen. And uh, that is the part of this that I'm so excited to have you because you you bring this together with your talent and your abilities and your drive and the fact that you share the same vision that we do about this thing that we're creating, because God knows none of us are making any money doing it. (laughs) (laughs) It requires, it requires that level of commitment and passion passion for it. And, uh, and that's the part of it. I think that we are really, really lucky that Right. That we cross paths and that we've um, managed to bring this thing together in a way that is so cool. It's so cool. Every time I see one of your articles, I'm just like, just I just feel so blessed that we were able to mm. like pull this together and make and that our that our paths cross because it really does seem like it really does seem like that part of it is is kind of a match made in heaven. Like we just yeah. we just managed to just make it make it work and it just is super Amazing. awesome. super awesome yeah yeah anyway I, we could go on forever and i'm sure we will <laughs> yeah. have other opportunities to talk because you're going to be around a while but we're actually out of time we're we're, we're <laughs> okay. actually out of, we're actually out of time My we're own, it's we're, hard to believe. we're we're actually about almost 10 minutes over time but i wasn't <laughs> gonna there's like so much more i want to talk about so
2: you might have a part two
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just, just would we'll just check in with Karen now and then right. like, you know that kind of thing. So
2: exactly.
0: Anyway, uh, it, it, uh, it's I guess that's it. It's time for us to go.
2: It is time for us to go. and so with that, more love from the love. Mwah.
0: Bye everybody.
2: Thank you for listening to the EM Talk Podcast Show with Michael and Ellie. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate and comment on our show in whatever platform you're using. You can leave us a voice message by visiting our podcast at anchor.fm forward slash EM Talk Podcasts or by calling us at 360 524 3523. Until next time, we hope your adventures always have happy endings.